Welcome to FinTech Fridays. Oh yeah! It's a weekly podcast brought to you by the National Crowdfunding and FinTech Association of Canada and Partners. Covering all things FinTech, blockchain, P2P, AI, and alternative finance. Hello and welcome to FinTech Friday's podcast brought to you by the NCFA Canada, a leading FinTech and crowdfunding association. This is Anna Nimira and I am your today's podcast host. Time flies. We are already in the third season of our podcast. You can always refer to the past episodes by visiting ncfacanada.org which is our website, to connect with incredible people and their stories. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let me introduce our today's guest. We have the pleasure of speaking with Keith Taylor, Executive Director at Duca Impact Lab, a nonprofit project which is channeled by Duca Financial Services Credit Union. Keith, thanks so much for sitting down with me today. I'm very excited to speak with you about Juca Impact Lab and um, its um, innovation through um, social finance. Great to have you here. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, well, fantastic that we have a chance to speak uh, once again. Um, you presented about Juca um, Impact Lab. Um, at FFCon 20 during summertime. And now we are going to tap into this again. So let us know a little bit about yourself, Keith. Like what was the beginning of your FinTech adventure? How all has started for you? Well, I suppose the beginning of my FinTech uh, adventure and interest in the FinTech world was uh, when we were thinking about uh, pilots in the Impact Lab and we, we had a, a sense of what we wanted to do uh, but needed to create uh, some partnerships uh, with like-minded organizations and companies. Uh, and a key part of the partnership was, was how exactly, um, you know, the, the technology piece is, is going to work and help us, uh, you know, facilitate these transactions in, in a way that meets the goals of the partnership. So it was really, I'd say it, it really accelerated once uh, we started launching the Impact Lab and, and needed to actually um, make our, our pilots work and, and figure out, um, you know, how to, what resources and, and partners we could draw on to, to meet those needs. And yeah. FinTechs have been a natural partner. They've been uh, a crucial part of all the pilots we've done uh, in the Impact Lab so far. Yes. So this is actually something interesting because Duca Credit Union's founding year was 1954. So uh, uh, a few decades ago. And Duca Impact Lab uh, is a new, over a year old project. So, um, what was happening that the members um, of the organization decided to leap forward and, and create Impact Lab? What, what was like, the pivotal moment? Then they said, okay, those financial services, the future of the financial services needs a relationship, a marriage between tradition and innovation. So it was really rooted in, uh, like the Impact Lab is really just an extension of the history of Duca. Okay. Um, Duca itself was was kind of a, an experiment in, in financial in inclusion. It was started, like you said, in 1954. Uh, but to dig a little deeper, it was actually started by a group of people that uh, were newcomers to Canada and didn't have access to 
uh, banking services at the time they found it very difficult to um, to gain services and access things like loans and accounts at, at banks uh, in Canada, but they still needed to bank, uh, and they created their own bank. And what was interesting about uh, that story is like, A, it's a good uh, growth story over you know such a long period of time. I think our annualized growth rate is something like uh, 26, 27% a year for 65 years. So, you know, certainly a successful business story. Uh, but what's always intrigued uh, me and it has been part of the, the Duca um, culture for, uh, since our inception was that, you know, the reason people didn't have, was the realization that the, you know, people didn't have access to banking because they weren't able to send the right signals to banks to be good banking customers. So that growth trajectory is really impressive considering it happened on, you know, based on the business of people who are on paper not supposed to be very good banking customers. Um, so we wanted to figure out, okay, well, if that was the case then, you know, how is it materially different now? Um, and if the signals that we were using then are imperfect, uh, are there some better signals that we can use now? Um, and we want to create some space to figure out how we could develop some better signals and how we could, you know, carry forward that history of providing uh, access to people uh, that didn't have great access to banking uh, with, with better access to banking. So that's what the Impact Lab is. Uh, and it's, uh, it's very much rooted in, in where we came from. So I wouldn't say it's a, it's a new trajectory or a departure from our history. It's really like a natural evolution uh, of where we've been and, and where we intend to go. Mm -hmm. So um, you mentioned about those signals. So what has been missing thus far in the traditional lending system? Because you, you, you're talking about people um, not really being good on paper and banks rejecting those customers. Mm -hmm. So what was like, what is actually that um, pivotal moment that um, Duke had decided, okay, we, we need to, we need to form, we need to create everything, but there's something missing. And, and it seems to me from what you're saying that it's still missing in this traditional banking system. Yeah. So what is, what is the signal? What, what is actually missing here? Well, I think the, the capacity uh, to evaluate nuance uh, and the importance of relationships is uh, largely uh, been been phased out as, as, as we become increasingly reliant on automation uh, and decision-making process are more and more centralized. Uh, I think the, the value of relationships and, and history with an institution uh, from a credit risk perspective has started to become fuzzy. Uh, mm -hmm. and, what we're, and what we're seeing is, you know, that, and, and what our history proves is that that value is, is still very relevant. I would add to that, like, you know, there's some missing transparency pieces uh, in mainstream banking that I think people have just come to uh, accept. Uh, they're, uh, I always like to use the term, it's, like, it's almost like uh, the difference between an applicant and a supplicant. Okay. Uh, subtle, but it's, it's there. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it carries forward a, a hangover from the banking power dynamic uh, that you, you saw in the old days. And I think it's still true. You see the, a partner in the impact lab used to, likes to use the example of, uh, of 
you know, buying laundry detergent as opposed to getting a mortgage. Uh, and I'm going to steal maybe some of her thunder because I always really loved that example, and it's and it's very very true. It's what what is different about banking uh, that makes you kind of leave your meeting with a banker, you know, grateful uh, grateful that they were actually willing to sell you their product, whereas you know you would never you would never have that level of gratitude like leaving a Walmart with your laundry detergent. And sitting and sitting in your car saying, "Isn't yeah. it great that Walmart sold me this laundry detergent? I'm so grateful for them. They were so lucky to be dealing with Walmart." <laughs> yes, uh, it's it's almost it's 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 um it's funny and it's tragic at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I think like there's a lot of unpacking to do uh, when it comes to power dynamics and, and transparency in banking, and uh, it's one of the things that. Uh, I think has a real impact on the experiences of people when they deal with uh, institutions. And, and they know it when they deal with institutions that still prioritize uh, that relationship piece. I think that's something that Duke has uh, long prioritized and it's, it's been the way that we've operated for quite some time. And uh, it's still very much part of the, the experience when, uh, when, when we make business decisions and, and, and lending decisions. So. Um, I think there's there's an interesting culture in banking uh, as you as you move through the ranks, uh, and I and I'm not quite sure if I can synthesize it all in a in a soundbite. But as you move from client facing uh, service uh, service type roles to to senior executives, an interesting thing happens. Uh, you know, you you move from a, a role that prioritizes relationships and thinks there's flexibility in decision making and that things are dealt with on a case by case basis uh, to like the opposite end of the spectrum where you know we do a fair banking study uh, every year at, at Duca uh, and then through the impact lab and we examine uh, perceptions of fair banking on a number of different metrics between borrowers and lenders and on the borrower side uh, we we had a had a question about perceived levels of, of gratitude uh, for your customers. So essentially, like how grateful uh, should your customers be for doing business with you? Uh, and at the frontline level, that was the number of people that said that. Oh yeah, customers should be grateful for doing business with us was was very marginal. But as you move up the ranks, uh, and especially you get into the executive ranks. It actually becomes quite a, quite a significant chunk of the respondents that work in financial institutions said that yes, the customers should be grateful that we do business with us. And I think there's an interesting opportunity somewhere in there for for fintechs, but also for smaller institutions to really reconnect with that relationship piece uh, and to start using that as a lens for creating value for their their customer base. Well, well, from what you're saying, I, I'm finding this fascinating because we are moving into like definitely it's, it's a twen we are 21st century right now and we're talking about artificial intelligence and uh, you know robots answering to us and then you're talking about creating relationship. Mm -hmm. that, that's actually fascinating because it's 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 very untypical, but yet you finding this as a foundation for your business. And this is how actually, since Duca started, um, the, the relationship and building those, uh, the relationships and building those relationships 
um, had been fundamental um, to existing and, and growth of Duca. And, and, you, and you taking that and, and you passing this towards the future. So do you think that, um, is it important um, for traditional financial institutions to open up to, to FinTech solutions? Um, is it going to change the dynamics? Is it going to change the, the relationships with the customers? Or is it just simply pertaining more to the services they can offer? I don't think I don't think technology um, and automation are, are necessarily at odds with that relationship-driven approach. Okay. I think in the best in the best cases, uh, they can enhance uh, that approach, uh, especially when it comes to providing better data uh, uh, to inform uh, advice being given by the financial institution. I think one of the things uh, we also see in that fair banking study is that. Um, there's a, a big, there's a big advice problem in, in, in financial services, and it's one that uh, fintechs are really well positioned to help support uh, the improvement of. So I don't think it's the, necessarily the antithesis. What I would say is that there's starting to be an opportunity to identify fintech companies that are really taking a mindful approach uh, to solving a problem that uh, is worth solving as opposed to you know building something that can easily be gobbled up by a bank and, it, and the value proposition of each company is completely different uh, and the latter uh, you know has, a, has an obvious audience uh, but the former has a chance to do something uh, truly transformational and, and, and fit into uh, that sort of approach that I just described. So maybe it is, maybe it is a bit atypical, but uh, that's, uh, you know, that's what we see in our business and it's what's uh, kind of driven the success of the credit union and, and, and it's played a role in the, you know, the risk analysis of the impact lab pilots as well. You know, it's a, it's a part, crucial part of risk that uh, is underexplored because it's less quantifiable, but it's it's certainly there. Mm -hmm. So um, definitely, like tapping into fintech, it seems to be beneficial for either mid-size um, uh, financial institutions as well for, as for the for the big banks. But at the same time, like, what are exactly like customers' possible benefits from from such partnerships? It's like you mentioned, you mentioned the services, um, you mentioned also that there are certain applications, but um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a broad spectrum of the applications when it comes to the financial apps. So um, in particular, what are you focusing on? Through the Impact Lab? Yes, through, exactly, through the Impact Lab, yes. We, so we run... Um... So in addition to some larger, uh, to some research initiatives that we're involved in, we run uh, some actual loan pilots, which are collaborations between uh, different community organizations um, or social finance entities, fintechs and ourselves. Uh, so we're focused on building models with that sort of approach that seek to address some sort of inequity uh, in, the, in the financial system uh, and to test 
you know, to test this notion of like, what would banking look like if all we were trying to do was, was solve a problem or create an opportunity? Uh, and framing a banking business model design process that way is, is a very different um, way of looking at it than saying, okay, what's our, what's our hurdle rate over the next three months or a month or whatever? Uh, it, it extends, you know, the the short termism of of, of that type of approach, uh, with like you really what ends up being a single metric that matters to a long term view of it with a, a lot of different metrics that matter. So, one of the uh, I'll give you an example. One of the pilots we run is is and we and I spoke about it with uh, Stephanie Holmes from Cashflow who's our FinTech partner uh, over the summer it, at your conference is the, uh, is the utility of cash flow based lending uh, and the way that it can inform a type of personal lending is very much geared towards an individual's cash flow. Um, and that is structured entirely on that um, individual's cash flow profile. Uh, so we've created a uh, loan pilot using that sort of a methodology and using their platform uh, to help uh, move individuals that have, have gotten themselves into trouble with high cost debts like payday loans uh, or other types of high cost consolidation loans or private lenders uh, and provide them a way out of that. Uh, you know, with a low cost loan, it was only a prime plus two loan uh, that was entirely adjudicated based on a, on a cash flow profile. Um, and what we're finding in that, uh, what we're finding in that pilot is that the risk is a lot lower than we might have assumed. And I think that's true of both the Impact Lab pilots that we're running right now. Um, so that's what we're seeking to, to get at. And I think fintechs are a, a really uh, crucial part of, of the, the equation. And I, I, in my earlier statement, I, Gear, I gravitated more towards the data functionality because that's really the value that, uh, or one of the big pieces of value they've been able to bring to the table is, is helping us uh, collect and dissect and, and utilize data in, in a bit of a different way than we would be to, uh, otherwise. When, when, when it comes to Canadians, um, it, it, it's, it's, I'm sorry to say that, but we are one of the most indebted nations. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely like when it comes to this variety of the loans and, and some of them which are on the very um, high interest, um, why this is actually happening? Do we have too easy access to money here or perhaps not enough of financial education or do we consume too much that we spending too much? Like what is actually happening when you actually dealing with the retail um, clients and you consolidating their debts? Like what is the biggest problem here and, and why we are borrowing so much? Yeah. Well, I think the, like the, that's a complicated answer. I keep coming back to uh, one of the findings from our fair banking study that was really interesting to me, and I think it's been mirrored in the results of other studies, is that there's a big, there's a two-part problem, really. There's a, there's a big gap between uh, consumers' self-assessment of their financial literacy and evidence of that financial literacy. So, for example, um, I forget the actual numbers now, uh, but most of 
most respondents, like it was somewhere in the neighborhood of um, 80% of people uh, thought that they were very, very good at managing their own personal finances, but half of those people never established, don't have a budget, uh, you know, a similar proportion, don't have any goals. So like the evidence that you are good at managing your own uh, money uh, is not really there despite this self-perception that you're, uh, you know, you're excellent at it. I think the second part is is where financial institutions need to reflect on their on their role in that equation, and that it's not just the availability of debt; it's the quality of advice that they're they're getting. In that same study, we saw almost half the half the borrowers say that the advice I get at my financial institutions is very helpful. And you combine that with the fact that most lenders don't think that they're almost half of the lender surveys don't think that their borrowers understand what they're buying. And you have a recipe for a, a bit of a, a mess. Okay. So, so I don't know if that, I, I don't know if that answers your, your yeah. question really, but I, I think what we need are, is, is a, is a better assessment of our own abilities um, uh, and a, and a better, framework for giving advice uh, through either fintechs or financial institutions or both. Right. So we can say that we are lacking financial education, that, that, that Canadians are lacking financial education and, you know, like being positive by nature, they overestimating what they are capable of, of, of doing and earning and paying. And, yeah. and I think that is actually the, the biggest problem that there's we lacking a reality in our financial situations. So, yeah, and it, and it speaks to the value, like if you can come up with a model, you know, of addressing financial literacy for a bunch of people that don't think they need financial literacy addressed, uh, is like a really big opportunity. And at the same time, that pertains also to, um, to advisors, to financial advisors, like you mentioned, Absolutely. people who are working at the bank, right? That sometimes yeah. it's just, for them about knowing their products, but not really um, seeing if those products are suitable for the customers, mm -hmm. right? So it needs to be like the perception of the bank needs to be a little bit changed or like mentality of the bank. It's not just about selling the products, but also like selling the products which are suitable for the customers. And that actually makes a big difference. Absolutely. So, um, what are what are the differences between lenders and borrowers' perception of of lending risk risk factors? Right, because you mentioned that um, you're looking, for example, at Yuka at the cash flow, whereas like banks are looking from from a different from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and at, and, um, and and at the same time, you know, borrowers. Um, also looking at, at themselves from, from a different perspective. If you were to mention like um, one or two crucial points, um, what each site would need to look when they evaluating uh, the person for, for the loan? I think credit scores are still really important. Uh, uh, in our studies, they consistently come out on the lender side as, as the highest weighted aspect. Uh, and I think we're, the more we learn about uh, using that as a basis for, for lending, the more we realize you need other indicators. Um, 
And it particularly becomes relevant, I, I think, and I think one of the most interesting transparency issues in in the the kind of borrower lender world is the or the lending world, sorry, is the um, is the way things are priced. I, I, I think you have situations where credit scores are overly weighted in applications, but then you also have lots of situations where similar types of credit profiles are, are getting different deals. Um, so the importance of negotiation uh, is, is one of those things that I think lenders appreciate that borrowers may not. Um, based on what we're hearing, you know, there's, it, there's about half the lenders that responded suggested that they don't get questions on pricing a lot, um, or at least, you know, just shy of half the time, which means half the people aren't really asking. They're just kind of taking what they're they're given, and what they're given is primarily based on on a credit score, and with you know a few other things peppered in there. Uh, that is, uh, you know, that's a difference that's worth unpacking, uh, and the importance of negotiation, especially on the borrower side, uh, is an underappreciated difference because I think lenders are expecting. A certain amount of it and and they're not always getting it so it, it um thank you thank you so much that's actually you know very helpful because we can at least know what we need to focus on and uh, making sure that um certain points are completed before we are applying for anything but as you mentioned like education is, is the key um, to successful banking and successful lending as well, and it makes it easier for both sides. Mm -hmm. um, so what is the, the current project you are running at, um, at, at Juca? Is it um, Escalator Loan? Like, what, what is it? It's a, yeah, it's a mix of projects. The Escalator Loan is, is one project, and that's that, um, that's the, the, pilot uh, loan program I mentioned that we're running with uh, Cashflow and um, a FinTech called Cashflow, the Credit, Count, uh, Credit Canada Debt Solutions, which is a national nonprofit debt counselor. Uh, Equifax is involved and um, uh, Duca and Duca Impact Lab are involved. Uh, so that, that pilot is meant to be a consolidation loan option for individuals that wouldn't qualify for consolidation loans through through the usual channels without paying you know huge premiums to uh, to do so uh, it's structured on uh, it's adjudicated based on the cash flow profile uh, and structured uh, in a bit of a unique way it's a prime plus two loan uh, and for borrowers that meet the the terms and uh, you know, payment obligations of, of the loan as they've agreed, they actually get the plus two uh, back in a cash payment. Uh, so there's an there's kind of an incentive both to repay the loan, but also uh, a cushion to help them avoid uh, to start funding a, a savings account and start to uh, avoid uh, getting into trouble with uh, particularly payday loans. We've seen a lot of payday loan um, patrons in that in that pilot, uh, and it's it's something that uh, I think there's a lot of. Uh, it, it's just amazing to see what people are paying for for that type of financing and the circumstances they get themselves into, 
I think it's also amazing to see, uh, you know, how many people have multiple payday loans outstanding at once, which is technically against the rules, uh, but seems to happen anyway. Uh, and yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot we're learning there. I think the other pilot we're running is a uh, working capital, uh, working capital pilot for underbanked entrepreneurs and social enterprises. That's being done with our partners, uh, Fund Through, and we're targeting businesses and individuals that would never would are outside of the usual uh, criteria of Fund Through's usual channel and testing the you know uh, the risk and and impact of providing this type of short term financing for businesses um, to help manage cash flow crunches by by giving them a vehicle for selling their receivables. Those ones are actually fantastic projects. And what I can see, we, we were talking about this education, but I can see that through your projects, you are actually educating people because you are focusing on this cash flow management as well. And you, you're trying to do everything to help people to improve their credit score, to consolidate their debt, you know, giving like for, like you mentioned, Prime Plus 2, which is like really affordable for many people. So that can really... Um, set them up in life as well, and they can start to look for um, looking at life from a different perspective as well. Yeah, I think we're taking the approach of of solving the problem first, uh, and then uh, thinking about how to scale second. Um, I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but that's how we're we're doing it, and it's it's been successful. No, you're looking at the, I can see that this is a long-term approach. This is not yes. just about like a short-term approach that, okay, let's make money as much as possible, but rather what we can do and um, to help people, to help Canadians. And if we help Canadians, they are going to be better off and then they are going to be our clients. So through that, our business will excel, our business will scale and will grow. So you, exactly. you're looking like, to, to do through action, to build yourself through tangible actions and, and you know, seeing the, the problems and looking for the solutions. And, yeah. and uh, you, said, you said that a lot better than I did. Yeah, you can. That's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to create a venue for ourselves and for part, like-minded partners to you know, explore what's possible if you take that sort of lens to it. I think one of your mottos at Duca is be the best in the world, but also be the best for the world. That's a B Corp motto. So we're, we're also a B Corp. Uh, and that's, uh, that's one of their, their lines. Duca's mission is to help people do more, be more and achieve more with money in their lives. Right. But and it's very, very much linked to the mission of, the impact lab and, and as well, and, and why Duca decided to uh, to create such a such an environment. Right, but those two actually are going um, very well together. When you're yeah. helping people, and by that, you actually good for the world as well. And and Duca is the first ever credit union to receive um, global recognition, which is Duca's designation as a B Corp certified organization, as you mentioned. Yes. Um, and, and because of that, I'm sure that there's many fintech companies which would like to um, connect with you and collaborate. So how, how they can do it, how the fintech community can connect and collaborate with Yuka Impact Lab. Uh, well, I love chatting with fintechs. You can, you can either send me a note on the Duke Impact Lab site 
Um, there's a connect with us uh, feature there that just comes straight to me, or you can uh, find me on LinkedIn and and send me a note there. And if that fails, uh, it's ktaylor at duca.com. Super. So for everyone who's listening, they can actually um, connect with Keith directly and um, make sure that, you know, giving actually a very good proposal as well, because it definitely needs to be solution oriented. It's all about, you know, fulfilling the mission. Yes, absolutely. So um, if you were actually to give also one advice to the FinTech community, what that would be? We mentioned that, yes, they have to be solution oriented but is it anything specific um, that you are focusing on when you're reviewing the fintech companies for collaborating with you really i think what separates the ones that we want to collaborate with from the ones we don't is the ones we collaborate with are trying to solve a problem we're solving um and and they're trying to build something uh you know, not necessarily build it to um, an exit, but you know, build something that's a contributor to the to the ecosystem. Like they're they're trying to they're taking that problem problem solving first approach, uh, the one we we just uh, we just went through, uh, and those are the partners that we find the most interesting, uh, and those partnerships are the ones that uh, that work out the best. So I know there's multiple ways to. Uh, to sort of or multiple drivers of of you know evolving your your fintech business, but um, you know if that sounds like the company that uh, you run, then uh, it'd be interesting to chat. Mm -hmm. um, we are coming to the end of our conversation. I would love to ask you more questions, uh, but maybe at the same time, um, at the end, is it? Um, a, a story or some profound case or the situation or eureka moment that you said either either pertaining to your your colleagues that you encounter at impact lab and and then you said okay this is it this is how we do it this is uh this is this is our uh vision and mission for 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 the future when you actually either collaborated with someone or you came across um something that 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 you had this very unique moment, either either personal or from the business perspective. I think, um, I mean, for me, those moments are when we realize we when we kind of had that aha link to the history of Duca, uh, and and recognize the need to kind of carry that on as as we evolve was one. I think the second was, you know, once we started to, uh, you know, analyze uh, the the data that that we had was that a lot of our existing members were in situations that could benefit from the, you know, the loan uh, and and debt solutions that we were coming up with in the impact lab. So you could start to see a real tangible um, need for it in our membership base now. Uh, that was really clearly linked to uh, the history and, and, and why we became a thing uh, in the beginning. Uh, and I think those two, those two pieces were really powerful. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to continuing to evolve what we're doing and, and uh, to set out new, uh, new partnerships and solve new problems. Yes, so you had this feel-good moment. 
Yeah, exactly. But it was almost like valid. It was feel good, but it was it was validation too, as you could. We kind of had this hypothesis of what we wanted to do, and then we started to look. Okay, well, who could benefit from this in our our own membership base? Expecting to not find that many, uh, but there was a, a lot of them, uh, and it, it just it just uh, you know got us excited in a way in in that it it really demonstrates the need for what we're doing uh and and how many people could benefit from it well i'm i'm truly looking forward to to see what will be happening in the future and how you are going to evolve it because so far what you're doing it's it's absolutely fantastic keith um thank you so much for being with me and sharing all this information and uh and everything what is about um, Duca Future, but also what you are doing for, for the community and how you're trying to help retail and institutional clients as well, how you are working with uh, fintech companies and, and, um, and trying to improve our financial systems like step-by-step, step, case by case. Thank you, appreciate that. And thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. On behalf of the FinTech Fridays uh, podcast, we would like to thank Keith Taylor for joining us on the show and you for tuning in. Please feel free to share your thoughts with us. We always welcome your feedback. And listen and learn. Once again, I'm inviting you to visit NCFA website to check out some of the fantastic past episodes. We look forward to seeing you next Friday for another episode of FinTech Fridays. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much. You've been listening to FinTech Fridays, brought to you by NCFA and partners. Tune in weekly for the latest FinTech Friday podcast by subscribing to this channel. The National Crowdfunding and FinTech Association of Canada is a nonprofit actively engaged with social and investment FinTech sectors around the globe and provides education, research, industry stewardship, services, and networking opportunities to thousands of members and subscribers. For more information, please visit ncfacanada.org.